Morning, brothers and sisters. Just want to make one comment about uh, our brother's suggestion this morning. When uh, it comes time to pray during our worship time, if we could stand up. Suddenly I heard everybody go, oh. Well, we know this is a challenge for everybody. And only the most humble can stand up. Now, I don't know how many of you were around a few years ago, but we used to have a dear brother here named Brother Chen. He's now gone back to China. But he was the humblest of brothers. Whenever he prayed, he stood up. When I saw that, I said, how humble he is. Now, in America, it's everything reversed. If you sit down, it's because you're proud. If you stand up, because you're humble. Now, I don't know if anybody else can excel to this kind of humility that our brother Chen had. But we should try for the sake of the other brothers and sisters. We have some brothers here. And they love their wives so much, they only whisper. Now, you, you know our brother Jeffrey. Jeffrey. He often prays. Have you ever heard his prayer? Very seldom, I think. Because he's learned to whisper around his wife. Now, please forgive me, brother. And then there's some sisters who really don't need to stand because we can hear everything they're saying. But also, if somebody is standing, we can, we can see. Oh, well, somebody's over there standing, and so we will wait for their prayer. So think about it. Are we humble enough to stand? I hope we can find this way. It will help us as we worship. Now I want us to turn to the book of Ephesians. And therein we have our theme verse. So we want to begin in chapter 1. And beginning in verse 15. We want to read some verses. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to the end of the chapter. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe? 
并且照明你们心中的眼睛，使你们知道他的恩召有何等慈望，他的圣徒中的基业有何等丰盛的荣耀，并知道他向我们这信的人所显的能力是何等浩大。These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. 就是照他在基督身上所运行的大能大力使他从死里复活，叫他在天上坐在自己的右边，远超过一切执政的、掌权的、有能的、组织的和一切有名的，不是不但只是今世的，连来世的也都超过了。and he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 又将万有伏在他的脚下,使他为教会做万有之手。教会是他的身体,是那充满万有者所充满的。and then turning to chapter 4, we want to read the first six verses. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, Showing, forbear, uh, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 身体只有一个，圣灵只有一个，正如你们蒙召同有一个指望，一主一信一喜一神，就是众人的父，超乎众人之上，关乎众人之中，也在也住在众人之内。And then verses fifteen and sixteen. 然后第十五节第十六节。Our theme verse is verse fifteen. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. 我们用爱心说诚实话，凡是长记连于元首基督，全身都靠他联络的合适，百节各按各职，照着个体的功用彼此相助，便叫身体渐渐增长，在爱中建立自己。Let's and for Jesus, through whom the Word of God became flesh. And for the Holy Spirit, who now interprets the Word for us. 
We ask that you would grant to all of us by your Spirit a revelation of Jesus Christ. We pray in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Recently, a number of us went to Taiwan for a training conference. The theme of the training conference came from the Bible. The theme was summing up all things in Christ. This is speaking of a tremendous thing that God is doing in these days. It's shaping world history at this moment. It's shaping our lives. It's shaping the American and global economy. The Almighty God is doing something. This is what he's doing. He's summing up all things in Christ. Do you know where that scripture comes from? This phrase, summing up all things in Christ? Of course, you know, it comes from Ephesians chapter 1. We'll just look at it, verse 9 and 10. I want to speak on some of these matters this morning. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him, with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of times, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ. <coughs> Things in the heavens and things on earth, even in Him. This chapter in Ephesians gives us some of Paul's highest understanding. Of what God is doing. And he is declaring to these Ephesians that God is summing up all things in Christ. This is a mountain peak of our understanding. This is a definition of what God's whole and eternal purpose is. And we want to share these things this morning. Because the Lord wants us to grow up. We noticed how Paul says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him. When we think of this growth as believers and as the body of Christ, there is that organic growth. <coughs> Just like a child is born. 
就像当一个小孩生下来的时候, and when the church is born, it grows just like a child. You feed the church and it grows. 你喂养教会, By the grace of God, we grow up. And we just grow because there's life. When you're five years old, you have five year old life. It's organic growth. By the grace of God, through faith, but there's another aspect of growth. It doesn't just have to do with our size. It has to do with the development of our skills. It has to do with the development of our understanding of things. And when Paul is talking about the body of Christ growing up in all things into Christ, and the particular verse in Ephesians 4, he's talking about us growing up in our understanding. Now we are to grow up in our knowledge. If a, if a person is seven years old, but they have a mind of a one-year-old, they something that's not right. There must be development. There must be the obtaining of skills. We must be able to use our hands and our feet and, and our mind. And Paul is standing before this great mountain of God's purpose. And as we read in Ephesians 1 and verse 15, he feels the need to pray for the Ephesians. Because Paul is revealing something to them. <coughs> but it's something that cannot be just explained to the human mind. It's something that must be seen by revelation. And so Paul is praying for revelation for these Ephesians. Now Paul calls himself a steward of the mysteries of God. This word mysteries is used six times in the book of Ephesians alone. It doesn't mean that God is keeping secrets from us. It means now through Christ, God is revealing the secrets of His heart and His purpose in Christ Jesus. We might say that Jesus Christ is the key that unlocks the puzzles and mysteries of everything that God is doing. But it's important to see what God is doing in Christ. And this involves more than just our uh, our mind's understanding. Indeed, what Paul is sharing in Ephesians 1 about God's purpose of summing all things up in Christ, this is Mature thought. 这是一个成熟的一个想法. 
Do you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul says, We do speak wisdom with those who are mature. But what Paul is saying is that we cannot speak these deeper things with babes. Now, why is that? Of course, he could speak the, th- the words. To the but babes cannot understand them. And Paul also says that he can, cannot speak these more mature things to those who are carnal. Now, what are, what's the problem with the carnal Christian? Paul says, I cannot explain these things to you because you're carnal. He says, these things have to be spiritually discerned. But if you just rely on your mind, and you just rely on those things you're looking at outwardly, then you won't see. So as an example, just a few examples in the scripture. In 2 Corinthians, in chapter 10, in verse 5, Paul is talking about a problem that they're having. I'm sorry, it's in verse 7. And Paul says, (coughs) you are looking at things as they are outwardly. Now here is a controversy over who is an apostle. And there are some carnal people in Corinth who are looking at the outward man. Who speaks with the most authority. Who has the most philosophical way? Who looks the most like an apostle? And, and Paul, when you looked at him, didn't look like an apostle. But he indeed was their spiritual father. And now he's talking to the Corinthians. And he says, Are you always going to look at things just outwardly? The things of the Spirit make no sense to the natural man. But it's important that we see things in the Spirit. God is doing such wonderful things, but much of it cannot be known just by the natural outward man. And so Paul is revealing some of these (coughs) mysteries of Christ. To these Ephesian believers. And even as he reveals them, he's praying that they might see them. There's a level of maturity in the Christian life. That has more to do than just knowledge. You see him. And the person, the Lord Jesus Christ, captures you. 
，你就看到我们基督这基督他这个本身，他吸引了你。We sang that song. 我们唱了那首诗歌。And there is a understanding of the writer of that song. 所以当那写写诗的人，我们会明白说 ，The writer asks a question. 这个写诗的人问一个问题。Hast thou heard him? 你听过他吗 ？Hast thou seen him? 你曾看见他吗 ？Hast thou known him? 你曾认识他吗 ？If that's so, 如果是的话 ，Is that is not thine a captured heart? 那你的心不应当已经被他得着了吗 ？That's the force of the whole argument. 这就是呃，我们所讲的最重的重要一点。There's an understanding that if you see the Lord Jesus as He really is， 如果你看见主在他的身位里 ，You're captured， 你会被他所吸引。Nobody needs to convince you， 没有人需要说服你。He's the greatest man of men， 他是在万人之人呃万人的之上。He is the fairest of ten thousand， 他是在万人中最美的啊。Oh. You may look at Brad Pitt and think, "Oh, he is the best of men." 你也许觉得 Brad Pitt 是一个非是说万人之上。One moment of seeing Jesus, Brad Pitt is nobody. 你看见基督，好像 Brad Pitt 什么人都不是。He's lovelier than Brad Pitt. 比 Brad Pitt 更更可爱。Fairer than ten thousand. 比万人更可爱。This is a testimony of a lover who has seen the one she loves. 这个。这个见证到说，这个人看看见他所爱的人。Ten thousand possibilities. Oh no, only one possibility. 一万个可能不，就一个可能。Now this revelation changes somebody's life. 这个启示会改变人的一生的。When you see him, 当你看见他 ，you're captured. 你会被他所吸引住。Have you seen him? 你看到他了吗？ Now we don't know where all of the Ephesian believers are at in their spiritual life. 我们不知道以弗所教会的圣徒们他们属灵情况如何。Some are quite mature, probably. 大概他们当中有许多是蛮成熟的。But there's some new Christians. 有一些新的基督徒。And so we notice that Paul speaks about where they're at in their faith. 所以保罗就提醒他们，他们在他们的信仰当中，他们在什么地方 ？In chapter one, verse fifteen, please look. 我们看以弗所书第一章第十五节。Paul is praying. He says, "For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks while making mention of you in my prayers." 因此，我既听见你们信从主耶稣，亲爱众圣徒，就为你们不住的感谢神。祷告的时候，常提到你们。Now here are the two simple requirements. Of how you can tell somebody who's a believer. You, 凭两件事情就知道一个人他有没有得救。Even babes, 就算婴孩也是。There's two things you can see immediately. 两件事情马上就看出来。What's that? 第是什么 ？Their faith in the Lord Jesus. 他们对主的信心。I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. 我听见你们在基督耶稣里的信心。As simple a Christian as we may be, we have faith in the Lord Jesus. 我们。就算是简单的基督徒，我们能够信靠我们主耶稣基督。Even that faith is a miracle. 这个信心也是一个神迹。How did it come to us? 这个怎么来到我们当中 ？Scripture says faith comes by hearing. 信心是借着我们听
and hearing by the words of Christ. As we listen to the word of God, suddenly a voice starts to speak to us. It's an it's a ear in the heart. Did you know you had two sets of ears? Something like this. This is just one set. Now you have an ear in your heart. Now this hears something inside. You know, when King Solomon became king, he was a young man. So God came to him at night and said, What, what do you want, King Solomon? What did he say? Many people think he asked for wisdom. No, but his, his answer was wiser than asking for wisdom. He said, Please give me a hearing heart. This is the same Solomon who wrote, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And you remember in the book of Revelation when Jesus is talking to the Christians. Jesus says something very strange. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Now we all have ears. All the Christians in those seven churches had ears. But some had ears, but they didn't have ears. They had these ears, but they didn't have this ear. And Jesus is saying, He who has an ear in the heart, listen to what I'm saying. So even now when we talk, some, everybody I guess here, even those who sleep, are hearing with these ears. Who is hearing with the heart? So you remember when you received the gospel. A man was speaking the gospel. Maybe Brother Daniel, he's a great gospel speaker. He was speaking the gospel. And you were listening with this ear. And then a miracle happened. And suddenly you started hearing another voice. Somebody speaking to your ear of your heart. And when you heard this, something came along with this hearing. The gift of faith to believe. Whenever you hear something in your heart, you can believe. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So Paul says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Do you see, there's this transaction in the heart of faith. We believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead. 
Now all of the Ephesian believers they had faith in the Lord Jesus. They had an ear to their heart. They're studying the word. And as they study the word, their faith increases and they grow as a Christian. Paul also says in verse 15, and I've heard of your love for all the saints. Now this is another miracle. How do you know somebody is a Christian? Because you because the whole because God has poured his love into us by the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter five, verse five. It says the love of God has been poured into our heart and through our heart by the Holy Spirit. And it's a very interesting verb because it means the love of God has been poured into us, but also love of God is poured into us and through us. So John says, We love because he first loved us. Now, this is a miracle. Now, as Christians, we love one another. Even some people we don't like. But we love. Because this love has been poured into us. And Paul says to the Ephesians, I've heard from other people of your love for all the saints. This is how you know they're born again. John says, this is how we know if you're children of God. You have love for one another. And not only have love for one another, Ephesus Church had a special character. What's that? They had the testimony of first love. What does that mean? It means they love God a hundred percent and they love one another They love God with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And they love their brethren as themselves. Isn't that wonderful? They have first love. Now, if this group here, Assembly in Flushing, had this faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, we say, we're in a perfect company. We would think this is the best church you can attend. But Paul says to the Ephesians, now I know this is where you're at. 
Now I'm praying for something more. I want you to grow up. And it's a growing up in our understanding and our spiritual wisdom. But this doesn't come by studying Bible studies. It comes when God the Father of glory gives to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. That God may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Now the word knowledge here means full knowledge. Now the word knowledge here means experiential knowledge. Now there's only one way you can mature and that's by experience in walking with the Lord Jesus. What's he like? How well do you know him? There's some things yet to be seen about him. The more you see them, the more you'll know him in experience. This is talking about a full knowledge. Now a number of you here are married. When you were engaged, now, you didn't know your husband. You didn't know your wife. You thought you knew. But uh, they were offering you some propaganda. But now you're married. Now you know your husband. And you say, oh, what have I gotten into now? No, no. Your husband is perfect for you. Actually, you don't deserve such a good husband. But you know him. You live by with him. Now many uh, uh, Christians know that Jesus is their Savior. Jesus forgives my sin. Jesus is my friend. When I have a problem, I can pray to Jesus. But do you know him? There's still the need for revelation of who he is. He's much, much bigger than you think. He's more awesome than we realize he is. And so this knowledge, revelation knowledge of the Lord Jesus, uh, the Spirit of God wants to open up to us. Now how do we discover these things about him? Now notice verse 18 of chapter 1. Now I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your heart. Now we know we have ears, right? 
But do you have eyes of your heart? These are eyes that can see things that cannot be seen. Let's go back to Second Corinthians chapter four. Paul shows us that there's two ways of looking at our life. Sorry, I have a brand new Bible with sticky pages. Alright. Uh, notice uh, in chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians, verse 17 and 18. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, it shows us very clearly that there's two ways of looking at our troubles. Because Paul's talking about momentary light affliction. But we know Paul is going through very uh, real persecution, and uh, many times people are beating on him or stoning him. So why can he call them light affliction? Now what happens to us when we have trouble? How many of you have light afflictions? You all think, oh, I have the worst. Oh, it's me, I'm like Job. Everything's gone wrong. My children are wild, my wife is wild. My job is no good. My boss is the Egyptian pharaoh. Oh, I have such trouble. Now, as long as you look at it outwardly, then you can get us to agree with you and we'll pray, Oh, Lord, kill that pharaoh. But Paul says now, when something happens, I don't know. You, of course, you have to look at the outward first. He says, now I look at the unseen. What's going on behind the scenes? Paul says, I'm being transformed from glory to glory. Suddenly now my troubles aren't so bad. Because they're producing glory. So God lets us go through difficult times. He produces patience, mercy, love, trust, all kinds of things. So Paul says, when something comes up, 
I look beyond the outward at the eternal. 所以保罗说，任何一件事情发生的时候，我不只是看外面的，我是看这个永远背后的永远的那个工作。Now every child of God who is born again has a quickened spirit. 所以每一个重生的人，他们啊都有一个这个活泼的灵。You now have body, soul, and spirit. 你现在有身体。And your spirit is alive to God. 然后你的灵对神是活泼的。Isn't that wonderful? 这不是很美好吗 ？And we're Christians, and we know we can sense there's a God because our spirit is alive. 我们是基督徒，我们可以感觉，因为我们这个灵里有感觉。But now that spirit needs to grow up. 这个灵必须成长。It has a capacity for wisdom and revelation. 它有这个能够有智慧，还有能够有启示。He says, "I pray God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation." 他说我祷告求神赐你智慧和启示的灵。Now you have a spirit. 你有灵。Thank God, it's alive. 感谢神是活的。But is it wise? 是智智慧的吗 ？Does it see? 它可以看见吗 ？Or is it like a newborn baby? 还是像个这个新生新新出来的生生出来的婴儿。In Manhattan. Our small group. We have babies coming out of the oven. 有许多的婴孩 We have babies now, and when you see the brand new baby, they bring them to the meeting. 当他们就把这些婴孩这样聚回来 Baby's eyes are open. 婴孩耳眼睛打开了 The baby looks at me. 看见我了 Doesn't cry. 就不哭 Doesn't smile. 不笑 Can't see. 更看不见 Two months later. 两个月之后 Same baby. Looks at me. 看见我 Screams. 就开始大笑 Now something's happened. 有有些事情发生 Not just to me. 不只是对我而言 Now I, you see me, you can see why somebody screams. 你看到我，你就知道为什么大家会大叫 Many, especially Chinese babies, see a hairy face. Very. 是特别中国小孩看见这个有有毛的脸 But this. Thank you. But the good news is, 但是好消息是 the baby's eyes are developing. 但是他的眼睛就开始发展 And now they can distinguish between this with between that, you know. 他就可以开始分辨这个还有那个 Now here we are, Christians. 我们都是基督徒 Now you have a spirit. 你有灵 But now are you seeking the Lord? 但是你有追求主吗 Who's going to find the Lord? Who's going to see a revelation of the Lord? Those who seek, if you seek, you'll find. The Lord says, if you seek for me with all your heart, you will be found by me. I will show myself to you. Many Christians don't bother seeking. Their eyes remain spiritual baby eyes. They see something of the Lord, but they can't make it out. By the grace of God, you should be developing your spirit to see. And here is your number one prayer. Lord, I see you. But Lord, I want to see you. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you love him. If you see him as your savior, you
But are you at the place where you, you say like Paul, for me to live is Christ? 但是你可以像保罗一样说，我活的就是基督吗 ？Now there's a man. 这边有一个人 who has seen. 就看见，真的看见。With his spiritual eyes. 从灵里面的眼睛看。You never forget. 你永远不会忘记。What you see. 你看见的。When God unveils His Son, the Lord Jesus, you never forget. Paul saw on the road to Damascus. Paul saw on the road to Damascus. Unveiled Jesus in all His glory. He fell down like a dead man. Isaiah saw unveiled glory of God. Isaiah saw As a man undone. Job saw. And all his complaints and questions fell to the dust. John saw. The glorious high priest in Revelation, and he fell down like somebody dead. Now, this is not intellectual scene. 这个不是这个呃知识上的看见。This is revelation. 这是启示。And when you see this Jesus, Christ, 看见这个耶稣基督的时候 ，in his height and width and depth and breadth， 就他如何的长阔高深 ，he takes your breath away. 他就好像呃你呼吸不过来一样。He's a tremendous God. 他是何等美好的一位神。Much bigger than you thought. 比你所想象的更大。And so we are those who are wanting to seek to see who the Lord really is. 我们愿意能够看见主真的是如何一位主。Now I want to talk about one of these matters just for a few minutes. 我想提到关乎这件事情。It's a matter of our calling. 就说到我们的呼召。Now did you notice in chapter one verse eighteen? 你们看见第一章第十八节里。Paul says. 保罗说。If the eyes of your heart are Enlightened, you will see what is the hope of his call. You will 看见他呃他呼召的呃这个指望 I just want to talk about this calling. 我来先提到这个呼召 And did you notice in chapter four and verse one? 第四章第一节里也提到 Paul was now very practical. 保罗现在非常实际 And he says you need to walk worthy of your call. 他说你要与你这个呼召And then you also see there in chapter four, verse four. 然后第四章第四节 It says you have one hope of your calling. 他说你这一个呃呼呼召也是只有一个指望 Now there's calling mentioned three times. 这个呼召又提到两次 You see a difference. 你看见它的区别 This is an important thing to understand. 这是非常重要的 If we want to walk worthy of our calling in chapter four. There's something that Paul is trying to connect to our call. 但是保罗要把它跟我们的呼召连在一起。And what is that? 这是什么呢 ？A revelation of his call. 这就是启示他的呼召。Now I don't know how it's spelled out in the in the in the Chinese text. 我不知道中文是怎么写的。But in chapter one, verse eighteen, it does not say your calling. It says his call. 第一章第十八节是知道他的恩召。NIV even can't understand this, so they said he's calling you. So this NIV is defined up well, just he calls you. I will tell you the truth, guarantee. The Greek says to understand what is the hope of his calling. 
，这边是说到你要明白他呼召呃的恩典。Now what this means is simply this. 啊，这就是说到说 ，We need a revelation of His calling, and then in His calling we'll see our call. 所以我们要先看到他的呼召。我们看见他的护照之后，我们就能认识我们自己的护照。We don't actually have any calling apart from Christ. 除了他的护照之外，我们没有其他的护照。But we need revelation to see what is the hope of His call. 但是我们必须要看到他的护照的那个指望是什么。So forget about yourself. 所以不要忘，你就忘记你自己吧。Have you forgot? 你忘记自己了吗 ？Forget your calling. 忘记你的护照，忘记了。What's his call? 他的护照是什么 ？Have you thought about it? 你有没有想过 ？What is his glorious calling? 他荣耀的护照是什么呢 ？That's what Paul's talking about here in Ephesians chapter one. 这就是保罗在以弗所书第一章里讲的。You know all about it. 你都知道。The Father raised him up. 神把他从死里举复活举起。Look what it says in verse twenty of chapter one. He raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenlies, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world and also in the world to come. 使他从死里复活，叫他在天上坐在自己的右边，远超过一切执政掌权的、有能的、主事的和一切有名的。And Paul reveals this to us. Jesus is exalted. Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is glorious. Jesus is glorious. He has the name above every name. His name is above every name. And what's God doing? Now that He's placed Jesus there, now God has one piece of machinery going. And the machinery is to sum all things up. Under this exalted Christ, 或者一个工作，他的工作就是叫万物都在基督里同归于。That's what's happening right now. 现在所发生的就是这个。That's his glorious call. 这就是他荣耀的盼望。God says, "Sit right there, son, until I make your enemies a footstool under you." 神就对他儿子说，你坐在那，只等我将你的敌人成为你的脚凳。Father says, "Sit right there, my son." While the Spirit brings in many, many into the kingdom under your kingship, so this is His call. This is the mountain of His call. Now you see who's at the mountain peak. So you see this mountain is who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Is Jesus Christ, our Lord? Lord over everything. Is head of all. All, all the fullness dwells in him. There he is, the peak. Do you see him as the peak? You see him as the peak. He's king of everything. He's going to rule over everything. But wait, no, this is not a mountain peak. This is not just a mountain peak. It's a mountain. What's that mountain? This mountain is what? Here you are. You're part of that building. You're part of that mountain. You're part of that mountain. I, 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 you know, I'm not very scientific. I leave Brother Chen for all those details. But I see us as a volcanic mountain. It's always growing. 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 More love pours out. The mountain grows wider and higher. 
Wonderful mountain full of the saints. So this great vision is not only of Christ, but it's of Christ and his church. And this is a glorious vision of his calling. Oh, this is such a glorious vision. It's going on right now. And the day comes when we see it. Now, up to that time, our life is so tough. Ah, going to school. Ah, got a crummy job. Ah, got crummy children. Oh, my house too small. Oh, my car is breaking down. Life is just tough. That's all I'm thinking about. I'm looking at the temporary things of this world. And I'm struggling. And then one day, I see Christ. He is everything. <coughs> He's all in all. He is my answer. Do I need a car? Do I need a better job? He's it. He's my answer. He's the one I go to. He's my Jehovah Jireh. But he is everything. All in all. Now when you see that, you have no more complaint. Then Jesus comes to say, Okay, I'm the all-powerful Jesus, full of glory. What do you want? Then you say, Well, I wanted to complain a little bit, but now that I see who you are, I don't think I'm going to complain. The Lord says, I think you need a new car. He says, The Lord, I didn't even ask. He says, But I knew. Because I am. Now, when you see big Jesus, you 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 don't you don't be, you're not small anymore. You're actually zero. If Christ is all, that means you're zero. So, no more complaints. No more prayers. You're zero. It's all about Jesus. But now, you're not actually zero. You're resurrected. But no longer yourself. You're part of the mountain. So now you say, I need a new car. Jesus said, will it help the mountain? If it is, he gets you the car. Does it help the summing up of all things in Christ? Is it for his sake you need a new job or for your sake? Now it's very possible for his sake you need a new job. But now do you see that? And when you begin to see this, you realize that you're part of something tremendous. This mountain is tremendous and you have a part in it. You have a calling. Now walk worthy of the calling. Okay, now you know the Bible says. If you raise up your hand, 
You should cut it off. Now it doesn't say that. But I'm going to ask you a question. Don't raise your hand. How many of you complain? How many of you worry? How many of you don't believe the Lord loves you? Raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. Oh, you'll have to cut it off. How could you worry with such a Christ? You see, when you see that He is all in all, two things happen. I just mentioned these two things, then we'll quit. I have a few more things, but He, he translates too slow. One thing, one thing happens when you see the Christ. You see your vocation is very important. Exactly. And what happens is your vocation becomes your avocation. Your job is just a sidelight. Your real job is summing everything up in Christ. See, because now everything that you are and you do is for Him. Can you imagine what happened? Now, now some of us, we dress uh, pretty sloppy. You know, you come here to the meeting, uh, you didn't even comb your hair. Right? Now what happened if you were here in the meeting and suddenly you felt a little tap on your shoulder? And you looked up, it was Jesus. He says, I called you to be my ambassador. Ambassador, that's big shot. What are you doing dressed like that? What are you doing talking like that? What are you doing complaining like that? You're my ambassador. Ambassador of my kingdom. So dress right. Talk right. Do right. You're my ambassador. Now your job is bigger than that. Paul says we're ambassadors. Boy, our lives will change, huh? What's your job now? You're working on auto parts store in the back? You go back there, you get piece number 3456. Give it to somebody, right? What kind of job is that? That's just your avocation. When you're at work, you're Christ's ambassador. Very important job. So Peter was a fisherman until he became a fisher of men. Matthew was a braces. Peter I'm sorry, Matthew was a tax accountant. And now he becomes a gospel accountant. You see, your vocation becomes avocation. And your 
being part of your eternal vocation becomes the most important thing in your life. So, so in chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul being very practical, he says, I want you to grow up in all things. And how does it work itself out? Each one fitted and held together by why every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body. That's part of the summing up business. We add our part that builds up this glorious mountain. And then the final thing I want to say, what happens when we see the glorious Christ in this spiritual revelation? We discover a new governing principle for our life. Yeah, you know, life is chaotic unless you have some kind of operational governing principle. And many things don't make sense about our life. Until we understand the governing principle. You know, all of you who have a job in various disciplines, every discipline has some kind of governing principle. Did you know my mother was an opera singer? Now, this is bad news for her children. Because we all had to learn the piano. I was a baseball player. My mother says, no, you're a piano player. So I had to learn all the scales. Now I personally like the C scale because it's all white keys. But my mother made me learn all the keys. She said, play G sharp. So many different scales. How can I remember sharps and flats and white keys, black keys? Then one day, governing principle. This is not zero one zero one. This is not computer. Two two one. Alright. Two 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 one. Alright. Any major scale, that's the principle. From now on, I can play any scale. So I just count two notes, two notes, one note, two notes, two notes, one note. So I just 
Two to one, two to two one. That's the governing principle of a of the scale. So just a figure that you enter times upon the. And suddenly the chaos of the keyboard became mine. Now, what is the governing principle of the Christian life? There's only one thing that makes sense out of it. It's the cross. And when you see the glorious end, the cross makes sense. Everything going on in your life is because of God's glorious end. If you uh, subscribe to your vocation of filling up Christ, of being His lover, of being His servant, it means you must take up your cross. It means you must decrease and He will increase. That's the rest of your life. And when suffering comes your way, you understand why. And when blessing comes your way, you understand why. And when things don't go as you plan for them to go, you understand why. There's a greater principle in operation in your life. God is more concerned for your character than your comfort. Because he's disciplining us as sons. He's perfecting a bride. He's growing us up in all aspects into him who is the head. This is something that we talk about. And may I say one final thing? We can talk and use words like God's eternal purpose, revelation of Jesus. These words are just conveyances to help us to see the Christ. Who is all in all. If we use those words too much, without the reality behind them, the words become opaque. And rather than showing Christ, they obscure Christ. Truly, if you are seeing something of the measure of the fullness of Christ, you know there is more to be discovered of who He is. If you see something of His purpose, surely there is more yet that we don't see. And so there's a reality that must be behind these words to know him with a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That we might be true and real. So we, we come back to Ephesians 4.
And that wonderful little word that people have been speaking for the last several months. We have it in the English, speaking the truth in love. But Greek has a wonderful way of saying it. Literally in the Greek, they say it the way we can't say it in English. It makes sense. It says, truthing in love. It isn't just speaking. It's living a reality. Reality in love. We grow up into Him. It's not a further possession of knowledge. It's a further reality in our lives that enables us to grow up into Him. And that reality comes as we see Him as He is and we're drawn toward and like Him. So Paul says, while we look at him, we are transformed from glory unto glory by the Spirit. With open, unveiled face. That's the Christ we need to know. This is the Christ that having seen, we gain spiritual discernment and wisdom. This is the the Christ if whom we know, we begin to understand uh, the whole of our life. May the Lord help us. God has one thing going. He's summing all things up in His Son. Now may we be those who with wholehearted intelligence cooperate in this summing up work. This is God's worthy calling that we walk in. Let's have a few prayers.